Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again to meet our community, the Hispanic business community here in Orange County. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station. And have we got we got some interesting organizations. It's going to take a while to explain this one, I think. Here, All right. John Gutierrez, the man who's going to do it. Thank you, Paul. Welcome, everybody, again to our community podcast show powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. I'm your host, Senior Vice President here, John Gutierrez. We have another special guest with us, Yesenia Ochoa, which is the Chief Executive Officer a multi-ethnic collaborative of community agencies, also known as MECA. She's also a board uh, chair of the Orange County Housing Corporation, OCCHC, stepping up, reducing racial disparities and ensuring the delivery of culturally and linguistically responsive services is what MECA is all about. Thank you for being with us today, Yesenia. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. It's really an honor to represent our collaborative and what we're about. You started with our mission, so thank you for that. Yes, okay, let's let's go through that again. So it's reducing racial disparities and ensuring the delivery of culturally and linguistically responsive services. What does that mean? If you don't mind briefly sharing, what does that mean, your mission statement? Sure, and if I may, maybe I can go back to to sharing why we actually got started. Okay, and let's let's get let's get into that. We're gonna dive. So we'll also get to you know Yesenia shortly here, but let's 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 get into how you guys got started. Okay, why sure. You guys got started. Certainly. So okay, so Mecca, we were founded in twenty ten in twenty ten, so about thirteen years ago, by a group of executive directors similar in, in positions like mine. Right, they were serving their own communities and they were experiencing disparities not only in the and the funding that was coming from the county, but also in the services not actually reaching their communities. And so they came together as five founding members. Um, they're all still with us today, which I'll share about, which is, that's part of um, our very exciting present that we're all still together. And they said, you know, why don't we create a 501c3? And that way we can elevate our voice, create a platform to which, from which we can apply for funding and get the county's attention that we're here and we need services. And so that happened. And we received our first full service partnership contract with the County of Orange through the healthcare agency to do outreach and engagement services. And that is exactly what we do with everything that comes through Mecca. Our goal is to make sure that we're providing um, information, that we're helping the information connect culturally and linguistically. And by that, we're, making, we're helping to reduce disparities. And would you say that in the last um, few years, due to the pandemic, I mean, that's really been something that we're seeing more of a need, um, more challenges in that area or those fields? I would say absolutely. And Mecca was really at the forefront of responding to the COVID pandemic. Actually, the healthcare agency reached out to us to make sure that um, a lot of the information that was coming out at that time was actually being introduced and explained in ways that the community would then take advantage of such services. I think that the pandemic gave us some nuggets, things that we can hold on to, which was more awareness around the importance of mental health mm -hmm. and how mental health also affects our behavioral health. Mm -hmm. And I would say today, actually in January, we're starting a new partnership with the healthcare agency to help keep promoting some of their services, being available and on the ground ready to respond to another pandemic or anything else that's needed. Um, so for someone like myself or our listeners that are watching us or listening to us who 
don't understand the structure of how the county works. So the county has X amount of funds and they want to allocate these funds to certain organizations and programs out in the community. I would say that. And um, they're also looking to us as partners, right? Um, They have a set of services, a set of guidelines, governmental, you know, requirements that they need to meet. And we're here as partners to help them meet those deliverables, help meet the people wherever they are and help um, bring in more individuals to actually take advantage of these resources. Paul had a question. Go ahead. Somebody tweeted in and said, give us some examples of some of the services or resources that you provide. Okay, absolutely. And I also want to make sure that I go back and name all of the different collaborative members. We're 10 different agencies and they all provide different services, but together our shared programs are, like I said, creating awareness around mental health services, behavioral mm-hmm. health services mm-hmm. through the County of Orange with the healthcare agency and social services. One of our programs, I would say is our flagship program, the one that we started with, was early intervention services to older adults. As we're working with sometimes marginalized, vulnerable ethnic communities, mm-hmm. we find that there's a lot of older adults that are isolated mm-hmm. and don't have as many networks or ways of, of um, socializing. And so we actually have people that we hire that speak the language that are from the community that go out to people's homes and they visit them frequently, monthly, weekly, whatever is needed. And from there, they get connected to more resources by coming to the community centers and all of the different things that we provide as a network. I know that this was something we discussed in the past before and a good example, you know, was like my mom who's at home, we take care of her, she lives with me, but once my dad passed away some 10 years ago, you have a Hispanic woman who, you know, very old fashioned, doesn't drive, doesn't have a driver license, mainly is home, you know, talking to my aunt or family, but you're right. You know, I never thought about it until you brought it up that they're lacking that interaction with other people of their ages, right? And so the fact that we leave and we go work and we got to do our thing every day, she's home. And even though she loves doing her thing at home, you're right. In her interacting with other individuals of her age and her culture or her music, her art, whatever it is, is key, right? It's important. And, and so... We either got to bring them to some sort of senior center where there's she can find that or like you said in your programs where somebody goes out and is constantly interacting with them right right we go out we make sure that they get connected to the network which is our collaborative and if i may i would like to name what the different agencies are sure i'll do it quickly since sure. um we're 10 and, and mecca serves as the collective backbone collective impact coalition that is holding us together. And so this would be the Asian American Senior Services Center in Santa Ana, Abrazar, Incorporated, Access California Services, Korean Community Services, Omid Multicultural Institute for Development, Orange County Children's Therapeutic Arts Center, Southland Integrated Services, the Cambodian Family, and Viet Rainbow of Orange County. And these are all organizations that are working with Mecca as providers out in the community uh, with you. That's Correct. So a partnership there with you and them. Exactly. So Mecca serving as a collective backbone, collective impact coalition that brings together the nine different providers and they themselves do the direct services. And I will add that everything that we do is done in seven or more different languages. Well, I guess you could say eight, including English, but they are Arabic, Chinese, Farsi, Khmer, Korean, Spanish, Vietnamese, and sometimes more depending on the staff. And depending on the needs that we see in the community, we're also able to serve other languages. 
You know, I think that's something that sometimes is undermined that it's so important to have the resources or the staff that can speak the different languages. I know I speak from experience from, we own a hospice company, we're in healthcare. And I remember at one point we had to hire a Korean nurse because in Fullerton there's a big Korean community, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously there was areas like, you know, Garden Grove, maybe a big Vietnamese community, right? In the middle of Santa Ana, a big Spanish speaking Hispanic community, right? And so in Irvine, right? Maybe, you know, you have a different- Farsi. Farsi, right? So that is such a key piece to an organization, I think like Mecca. What a great, you know, just group of services that you can offer. I know Paul had a quick question about something else or somebody made a comment. I am, I just have to speak up because I think there is a hidden need. There are tons of seniors who nobody knows they're there. Their children have moved away. Their spouse has died or they're divorced or whatever. And they're alone. And I think of my late great aunt who died 10 years ago, but she lived in the 90s. She never got married. She lived in a little apartment, very independent her whole life here. No family other than me. Mm-hmm. She was my mom's sister. And, you know, I don't know, I, I feel bad. I didn't take her in, I offered to take her in, but she said, no, no, I'm not gonna burden you. And, and I'm thinking to myself, good, because I don't know what I'm gonna do with you. She can't go up and down the stairs, so what are we gonna convert the dining room into a bedroom and all this stuff here? She yes. lived way out in Palm Springs, where my parents used to live. And the only person that ever checked on her every day, the only person she saw day by day was the guy from Meals on Wheels. Mm-hmm. I tried to call her just about every day to see if yeah. she's alive. And yeah. I thought to myself, how, how awful. Nobody even knows she's in a big apartment complex. Nobody probably ever stops and checks in on her. Nobody even knows if she's alive or dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that that's where these organizations like Mecca play such a huge role. Uh, because not only that, but I'm pretty sure you're also getting a lot of good feedback, right? A lot of the needs, the challenges, and now you can bring that back to how do you find these people? Other that, that's my question. Does somebody nominate? Does it say, hey, go check on this? We had somebody else in here, an organization from Hogue that has kind of a, I don't forget what they call it, but these nurses, and it's sort of a, it's got kind of a religious tone to it, and they kind of go out and serve people and help them. And the notion is there are people that come to these churches or hospitals or whatever, you see them regularly, and then they stop coming. And nobody ever checks on them to see, are they still alive? Are they okay? Did they move? Did they? How, how do you find these people? We go out and look for them. And because all of our agencies have deep, deep roots within the, the, or the communities that they serve, we know where they are, right? So, mm-hmm. And then we hire people from the community. So they themselves bring in that extra layer of, I know how to connect. I know what the barriers are. And I know how to kind of talk to whatever's holding them back. And we break through, and that's how people stay connected after they've gone through some of our programs. Then they have a home base from there on forward. And not only that, once they've connected to that independent agency, they're connected to the entire Mecca Collaborative Network. And we even have federally qualified health centers that are able to address the whole person health. So not just mental health, not just educational or training services, but we're talking about getting your healthy checkup, your regular visits with the doctor, we can also provide assistance with that. And I have one last question, then I'll shut up here, but this is fascinating to me. Are, you, you, you randled off half a dozen different ethnic groups, Vietnamese, Korean, others. Is it any different? Is aging different in those communities? Because my perception is that we, mainstream Americans, do a lousy job. We, we, shut, we push the old folks off somewhere. We don't want to take care of them. We both got two jobs, we're busy. <laughs> 
meet grandma. And so we get them, put them in a senior center, put them in assisted living, just stick them somewhere, and then we think they're okay. But, but I think every culture is different. That's what know? I'm saying. And that's, I, I wonder, you have that perception because of that's the culture you're around. Right. Our perception is very different in the Hispanic community. It's it's almost there's an old saying in the Hispanic community: if you're the youngest, you're responsible to do this. Mm-hmm. You know, take care of your parents and. You know, you hear that growing up as a kid, and you don't really believe it, and it's <laughs> and it's funny because I say it now to my kids. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, mom makes food for my boys, and I say, it, and they're like, "Oh, mom, this was so good, this food." And I'm like, "Don't forget, don't forget about mom." You know, because dads die soon. The guy, you know, that it's the truth. The men die first, right? <laughs> the women are left. You know, and you walk into a senior center, it's full of women, and I'm like, "Don't forget about your mom." When you're married and you have kids, make sure you take care of your mom. She take care, you know. You take care of your mom. We start training them at a young age <laughs> yeah. in the Hispanic community mentally, right? That's true. So is it different it's true. in these different it ethnic is. groups? Is it easier? It is. is it harder to find them, or are they more likely to be taken care of by a family member, or are they might more likely to be on their own because they're well, far away? Well, you probably away. take a lot of research too that you're looking at, right? Well, I think there's a lot of nuances even within communities, but in our case, we do find that. Like in our in our Latino Hispanic culture, mm-hmm. we do keep our older older parents, uh, yeah. our aging parents at home, and so that's the case in a lot of the communities that we serve too. Mm-hmm. Which is why we continue to come home, come back, and visit, and make sure that they're staying connected to not just their home base, but to a community center, to more services that are going to keep them socially engaged, happy, and not fall into depression. I, I said I was going to shut up, but here's another one we had a whole well, topic on. How about elder abuse? where elders, they're just keeping them because they get a check and, and they sort of stick them in the thing. And there's a lot of instances where children do not teach, treat their parents well. Shut up, go away, you're old, just, you know, they don't take care of them and, and maybe it's just they're only there either out of obligation or because they're getting that check. No, and that, and, that, and that is unfortunately existent in our community, but in our case, our case managers are actually trained to look out for signs of that, and we also partner with other wonderful agencies like the Council on Aging that is providing us with resources so that if we do come across anything like that, we're able to report it. Yeah, Council on Aging is great, right? They are. I mean, they're one of our partners. They also provide some of the, that same service that I described when they go, they go out to other communities as well. Yesenia, how did you get to this point? Let's go back a little bit because we normally do this in the show the other way. How did you end up in this position uh, with this organization? Where did you find this this passion? Where, where was it from? I mean, tell us a little bit about you, if you don't mind sharing a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, and how your career path, how you got to this point. Because we, we do have a lot of listeners that are part of our youth chamber, our members of our chamber, and it's always good for them to hear an entrepreneur or a business person or someone working in a nonprofit that's making a huge difference in the community. Share with everybody, you know, a little bit about yourself and how you got to this point. Thank you for asking. Well, okay, so I'm in my mid-40s, so I've been around for a little bit. Um, I went, I was born in Santa Ana, went to Santa Ana schools, went to Santa Ana College. Quick story, graduated from Century High School, but at that time, Century High School was busing kids to Santa Ana College, so I was one of those that went along and thought, well, this is as good of a school as any. <laughs> and Century was busing students to Santa Ana yes, College. Yes, I, 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 I didn't know that. For me, that was a good option, but I, I always reflect on, you know, whether that was a good thing in general, because if I would have been bused to another, maybe Cal State Fullerton 
would I have envisioned myself there? Or UCI. Or UCI. Or <laughs> the building you are in. <laughs> well, and I say Fullerton because I eventually um, graduated from oh, CSUF and I okay. am a Titan. You are a Titan. I am a okay, Titan. Okay, that's so, good to know. Um, I'm a community girl. I've been here um, These are my your whole roots. life. These are my roots. So mm-hmm. everything that I've seen and experienced, I find it to be you know, real, a real privilege. I'm in a position where I now get to play broker and I can connect services to community and help kind of expand our message and hope that more people come along and join our movement. But it's been a great ride. I've been a nonprofit since I was in college. Um, I actually started as a tutor going into the homes of the organization that I'm now a board chair of, um, helping those families learn good like really study habits and from there envisioning more than just the housing that they were in at that time. You did mention earlier off the show that she was an honor student at Century. And and that says a lot that, that I'm assuming you had parents that were very, you know, on top of you as far as like accountability and school, because not everybody, you know, can get to that level of education as far as, you know, being on top of their, their schoolwork, right? And they- I'd like to add that. So, yes, I think I must have had, you know, the basic capacity to be in those classrooms. But what matters most is that my parents, my parents were the ones that were pushing me. So mm-hmm. even though I shared too that I felt very much like an outsider in that environment, I didn't end up excelling all the way, but I did I did do okay. But it just shows to me that it was my parents who were propelling me. And Your parents, are they from Santa Ana also? Or? They came here from Mexico. They're mm-hmm. both from different parts of Jalisco. They Jalisco. came in there okay. and they're young teens and 20s and i'm just so proud of them they've, they've done very well for themselves and shout out to the parents los papas and yes. they, Saludos they, a la mama yeah, y papa. they built that little engine in me that said that i could that's great and I, I was able to figure it out and and shout out to the husband and the kids that are probably gonna watch this or listen to this they right? should be tuned in yes <laughs> got two kids my 10 year old daughter who's going to el sol yeah and my five-year-old who joined her this year as a kindergartner Nice. Both at El Sol and my husband, who's um, a probation officer Ooh. with the uh, ca- uh, county of L.A. Wow. And well, thank you for his services, because that is one tough job. It is. It's, it's tough. and um, But, you know, he's working directly with the youth, so making a difference there, too. Yes. Yes. Turning them around their lives, right? I mean, that's, trying as best that's, as he that's can. the best you can do, right? Where you can. Uh, yes. You know, they make mistakes, but hey, let's give them a second chance, right? Let's, let's help them out. Get yeah. back on the right track, you know? Right. Dignity. Yeah. So did you have a question, Paul, or something, a comment? I was just saying, you know, it's ironic that we have now two honor students from Century High School. Weren't you an honor student, John? You know what? <laughs> I was not an honor student, but I did receive the Roses Award my senior year, which is like through athletics. If you, you if like, I guess you get certain GPA, I had like a 3.7 GPA my going into my senior year. And I was one of the first like football players on the team to get this award or something. Probably the only one. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to say that, you know, but but I remember our football coach made a big deal about it. You know, we got to go and support him and all the football players yeah. came to, mm-hmm. you know, the Roses Award. I, I forget what it's, the acronym was, but, you know, shout out to Ms. Osborne. I don't know if you remember Ms. Osborne. And, oh, I still remember her. Right, right, she from stands Century. out. She yeah. stands out. Great teacher, played a huge role, I know, in my life. But that's great, you know, that as an honor student, you went forward and we're at Santa College, which is one of our partners here at the Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, we do a lot of uh, work. In fact, some of our board, you know, board members are part of Santa College. So, Santa College plays a huge role in our chamber, and yeah. so we're so excited that that Mecca is now part of our chamber. 
that we got you guys involved. You were at our annual toy drive the other day. I know you brought some of your board members, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. You guys have a good time? We had a great time. Okay. I wish it would have been on a Friday night or maybe <laughs> next time I just take Friday off. <laughs> Every, everybody says that all the time. Why didn't you do it on Friday? They don't realize it's a lot more expensive to book oh, these I venues. I can understand that from a nonprofit you know, perspective. You know, exactly. It's so, all about the bottom So line. we are a nonprofit. For those of you that don't know, the Orange County Hispanic <laughs> Chamber of Commerce is a nonprofit. So we're always looking to obviously... You know, watch the budget. Maximize the, the dollar. Thank you. Yes. Watch, <laughs> watch the spending. So a lot of times when we're doing these fundraisers, which is our annual toy drive fundraiser, you know, Wednesdays and Thursdays are a lot less expensive than a Friday. Everybody's always like, why don't you do it on a Friday? Well, they don't understand. It's a lot more expensive. <laughs> we just need to take that Friday off next yeah, year. <laughs> exactly. I don't know if you saw, I made an announcement that I'm like, tell everybody, tell your bosses, I'm giving you the day off. I said to everybody. Well, microphone. and the bosses were there, so <laughs> my bad for showing up. <laughs> exactly right, but it, it was a it was a good turnout. Um, I know we also have donated some stuffed animals, right? That um, went to our older adults. Exactly, and I heard I heard they excited. they liked them, huh? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, that means that someone's thinking about them. Yes, and it really turned their day around. So thank you for that. Yeah, no, any any way we can help support. I know you know Ruben, also our president. You guys sit on a board together, right? So Mecca is part of the North Star OC Collaborative. Um, you've had Tim on the show before. Yes, to another talk great about organization. Yes. Wonderful organization. We connected um, some time back so that Mecca could come in as an outreach and engagement partner for that work. So again helping to find the people wherever they are. Mm -hmm. If there are entrepreneurs or entrepreneur types out there that are considering starting a business, we can help connect them to that ecosystem of services, which includes RevHub and the Chamber. On that note, share with everybody how other people listening out there can help you all out or support you. I mean, uh, do you look for volunteers? Do you look, I mean, is that something you're obviously re recruiting sometimes? If people wanted to get involved in an yes. organization like yeah. yours, you it's a great the, question to ask. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Because as nonprofits, you know, we're always looking for different types of resources. And sometimes that comes in the shape of people. So we do have a growing now internship program. So we, we will work with young students. You don't have to be young, I suppose, just a student. So we have some work experience to offer there. We're also looking to expand our board. That's another opportunity. And we're always looking for partners in the community. If you have a service that you want us to help amplify, help get out because it's it's the right thing to do, it's something emerging or something that's been just a best kept secret, you can let Mecca know and we can integrate that into our different services and help people be aware of it. Like what would be some examples of certain partners, would you say, that you would love to maybe partner with or I don't know, just help you guys out or just collaborate with you? Obviously. We're an extension as far as a partner in the community as a chamber. It's always good for us to know who we should connect you with, right? That is part of our chamber. That's part of our network. So if any of our members are listening, you know, they can have that aha moment Absolutely. and say, oh, I should get involved with this organization. What would be some examples of some of those organizations maybe? Or businesses? You know? Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I think um, nonprofits are a likely match, right? If, if you're offering a service to the community, we should be talking. How can okay. we help each other? How, how, where is our synergy? We don't have as many relationships with banks. Okay. Um, that's so one more thing. banks. More banks, any banks. Okay. Um, I think that um, we could use more representation either on our board or through some kind of an advisory council. Okay. And then beyond that, just individuals that resonate with our mission. You don't have to be a volunteer. We can just have a conversation. And from there, I think things will open up and we'll see what is possible. But part of our job is to really listen 
and to just get connected. So we want to be that conduit. We want to help inform people. So please let us know how we can serve you too. You know, uh, a few months back, I was speaking to a teacher at a football event, my son's football event, and uh, he was a junior high teacher. And he said to me that as a junior high teacher, he's been seeing a lot of, of the kids that went through the whole pandemic, how different from a mental standpoint, you know, I don't know if you want to call it mental health or behavior, how they're seeing how it really impacted them, right? Mm -hmm. the, the social skills. They're just not the same as other students because they were, you know, homeschool. Right. Those, whatever it was, two, three years, right? Um, are you hearing more of that? Are you seeing more of that? I mean, since you're around it so much? I think we're just, there's just more awareness in general. And for that reason, there's more opportunities to have conversations around it. We actually have a program at Mecca that is responding to the youth opioid, it's actually the youth opioid response funding from the state. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it includes, I mean, we know that substance use disorder involves mental health. And so in that way, we are seeing more of a need there. Uh, we have a drop-in center at the village where we're located, where people can come in and access resources. You don't have to be a recipient, right? But you could be there to learn about someone else that that's, that's maybe challenged in your life. But yes, that's an area of work that we want to expand in, especially serving our youth. Mm. Wow. I didn't know that. I didn't know that uh, substance abuse was linked to a lot of the mental health, huh? Very, very much so and i and i just again appreciate the pandemic and the way in that it's kind of given us the ability to talk a little more openly about it wow somebody else tweeted in and said do you act as a comes to my this is my own word sort of like the united way is a collection they collect money and then they disperse it out to different organizations i know they do some other things now but that's the way i always thought of them do you do the same thing you collect money from states and stuff and then spread it out to these different groups or do you act as an advocacy all these groups together and then you go look for funding and look for programs and stuff or can the public call you up directly and say hey you see me i need help help me I would say more like the first. Yeah. Um, I've actually I've, I've, I've actually used the United Way as an example in explaining what we do, but obviously on a much smaller level and um, focusing on ethnic communities. Um, but I would say for anyone that's looking to uh, maybe connect with us, uh, potentially become a, a member of the of the agency, to please reach out. I mean, it all starts with the conversation. We are the ones that write the grants. We help design the, the programs with our member agencies, and then we hold the contracts um, doing all of the administration for the state and the county. Interesting. Wow. That's a big responsibility. It is, and I, I think it's where we bring value. When we were first started, that was a technical assistance uh, piece that we could we could offer to our member agencies. But in the last 13 years, some of our agencies have truthfully outgrown us, and now they're federally qualified health centers, and we could go to them to learn about their processes. But in this case, um, we still serve maybe those smaller members that are still looking to break into the federal funding world or maybe they don't want to and they want to stay with Mecca so that we can keep, continue serving that role. So a lot of your services are out in the field. A lot of them are in other places, not like you have a center where people come into. They would all be offered at the different member agencies. And so you can find them all throughout the county. Mm -hmm. You can find them listed on our website. Which is? Which is ocmecca.org. Um, O-C-M-E-C-C-A dot O-R-G. And from there, you can actually link into the different member agency websites and get to know them for all of the different services that they also provide in addition to the MECA programs. 
That's great. And again, folks, Mecca stands for Multi-Ethnic Collaborative of Community Agencies, M-E-C-C-A. That's right. Well, I want to say, first and foremost, thank you for all you're doing in the community because coming out of the pandemic, this has been a very serious topic that we're seeing and hearing more. I know I have friends that work in the mental health industry and they've they've told me how busy they are as you know psychologists or therapists um it's it's really interesting to see how much has it impacted our community as far as the the pandemic right and so the fact that you guys are in the forefront of providing these services right through your organization and your team again can you maybe read off the the organization let's give them a shout out right oh absolutely that, they're the reason we exist and yes i want to say that so pr- i think i've said this already where i'm so proud that we're all still together we've been there was a founding five then we added two more now we're at nine mecca being the tenth and collaborative work is not easy but it is so meaningful um and i just i want to say again, let's, let's the give them a shout out again yeah. so again asian american senior services center Abrazar Incorporated. Abrazar, right? Abrazar, Abrazar. You'll yes. see their transportation I see their buses mobiles. all the time. Yes, yes. So and shout out to Abrazar, yes. They do so much more than that. Um, Access California Services out of the Anaheim area, Korean Community Services, K- KCS, they're the one of our federally qualified health centers. They have um, locations all around the county. Omid Multicultural Institute for Development, they're out of the Irvine area. Orange County Children's Therapeutic Arts Center, OCTAC. My daughter actually attends piano there, and they offer so many great services as well. Southland Integrated Services, another federally qualified health center out of the Garden Grove area, also go by SIS. The Cambodian Family in Santa Ana, and Viet Rainbow of Orange County, serving the LGBTQ plus community out of the Garden Grove, Worcester area, but really available to the entire county. That's great. You mentioned Anaheim, Santa Ana, Irvine. I mean, all these different... Buena Park. Yes, all these different cities where these organizations are in this collaborative. So, um, yes, Paul, did you have something else? No, I just... It's amazing. (laughs) You know, and and I can see the power of this because too many... There are thousands of charities. There's thousands of groups doing good work, but they can only do so much themselves. Staff, resources, talent raising money, qualifying for programs, all the administrative stuff of doing that. That's where you guys step in, it sounds like, and you take that burden off and make all of them bigger together. Well, I like to always summarize when we have our podcast shows is there's always something that we hear often in the conversation. And one of the main taglines that I heard today is, let's have a conversation. You said that very often. And I think that's such an important tagline in the mental health industry because there's that stigma of you're fearful of the truth, the reality. It's the one thing about Nobody wants to talk about right. it, exactly. That's just, that's not, I know because we're in hospice and it's the same thing. People don't want to about, talk about death and dying, but it's, it's gonna happen, right? And mental health, is, it's happening, folks. It's, it's happening to a lot of, you know, adults, but also to children. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that, you know, we start off by saying, let's have a conversation about it, right? Um, let's just destigmatize having that conversation let's let's just talk about what it is and how it affects our, our daily lives because that's the whole point is that it's affecting us in a way that's negative right and if we can help bring awareness to it we realize a lot of the same folks are in the same position as us and sometimes in community we experience similar things yeah and and most importantly what a great point you made earlier that you know mental health can lead to drug abuse and other things like that right and so that's prevent that by you know having those conversations with our children or 
our family, our friends, our adults that are that are going through something something like this, right? Um, recently, we had a, a Alyssa here who sang, by the way, mm-hmm. at uh, at the Toy Drive, right? She was on our show, and of course, her passion is dealing with veterans that are dealing with PTSD, right? And that form of mental health, right? Mm-hmm. And so it, there's all types of forms, and, and it's all about, like you're saying, having that conversation. So before we go, anything else you want to add? Because I know we're, we got to wrap it up. But, you know, we just want to say thank you so much uh, for everything you guys are doing in the community. No, I want to say thank you for giving us a, a, the platform to share our story. Um, earlier, we were asked, are we like a United Way? Are we like, you know, a funder? Who are we? Well, what we do is, I think, a function of, of, of a need, right? Like we're here to help bring more to the community. But our vision is really to help elevate the message, right? What are we, what are we here to offer? Um, I really like to approach our communities on, like as a strengths-based model, right? What, what do we have to bring that is not already being acknowledged? So I'm just excited to take it to the next level. We're just getting started. We've only been around for 13 years. So share the phone number. Grow. Share the phone number because yes. I think that's important for anybody listening, watching the show. Here's a phone number in case you want to get involved, you want to volunteer, you want to support. If you're one of those banks that wants to support such a great organization, which we have a lot of banks that are part of our chamber. Or if you're somebody that just want, has a question for you know the folks here at Mecca, if you don't mind sharing Absolutely. the phone Absolutely, if you're looking great. for a connection for your old, the older in your family or a Why young person. Why did you point person. at Paul? She, she, said, she said, if you're looking oh, for a wow. connection. And she <laughs> old like this, guy, Paul. yeah, like this. She like pointed at you, Paul. Thank goodness she didn't point at me. <laughs> I may be crazy, but I'm she pointed at me. I'm gonna be in that age group pretty soon too, so. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we had it. She, it was, it was hilarious. She was, you know, if you're looking, I was referring she, to the story he yeah, shared earlier. She, like, if you're looking for help with senior citizens, oh, guys, like this guy over here. Wink, wink. No, even, even if you have any, any, any questions, we have fun in the show. We have fun in the show, Paul. Paul, she pointed at you. You say fun, I'm going to cut you off now. Here, well, you know, now, now you know somebody at Mecca, Paul, so you can call me okay. directly. Quick phone number. Yeah, so our general line is 714-202-4750. You can find that number on our website. You can also email me directly, Yesenia, my first name, Yesenia at ocmecca.org. Spell out Yesenia, because yes. Yesenia, not with two S's for those of those people you know that know yeah. about that. Um, it's Y E S E. NIA. And then at? At O-C-M-E-C-C-A dot org. And, and that's important because to look you guys up, it's good important. It's important to put that O-C, right? O-C Mecca. That's right. Um, out of Orange County. Well, folks, there you have it. Um, again, another great show here at our Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, our community podcast show, because our community is your community. That's our tagline, as you all know. Uh, thank you again, Yesenia, for being here. Continue to do all the good work in the community and shout out to your board and shout out to your your husband and the kids and our great staff and the great staff yes a great shout group out to of the staff. 15 and growing so hey, they make it thank happen. you all for you doing the community mr paul roberts take it away sir oh i'm sorry i fell asleep i was <laughs> <laughs> old guys the we old guys falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> we're there for you paul <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you have it. One more reason to tune in each and every time to meet our community. Powered by the Orange County Hispanic Chamber of Commerce and Orange County's only community radio station. Tune in and we'll celebrate more together. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California Irvine's Beal Applied Innovation Center. 